This is the Nourishing Nutrition Podcast, and my name is Eleanor Dooley. I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and advocate for your best self. I combine current nutritional research with the practicalities of living your life, giving you real nutrition talk in bite-sized pieces. Please remember that I am a licensed dietitian nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. I am not a medical doctor, and by listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you might be having. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to dig deep into the generational beliefs of outdated and incorrect dieting advice that's not only proved to be ineffective at long-term weight loss, but has created many issues, especially in women with hormone, endocrine, and mental health. Why do we think that eating less and working out more will help us to lose weight? That's the million-dollar question that we're going to dive into today. We're going to talk about diet culture. If you were alive in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, you have come into contact with some sort of diet culture, whether it's marketing, whether it's diet fads, whether it's workout themes, all of these techniques for weight loss have really done a number on our mental psyche. And I just wanted to break it down for you today to show you how influenced you might be without even knowing it. So let's start with the definition of diet culture. Diet culture refers to a rigid set of expectations about valuing thinness and or attractiveness over physical health and emotional well-being. Diet culture often emphasizes good versus bad foods, focuses on calorie restriction, and normalizes self-deprivating talk. Diet culture is toxic, and it can be a risk factor for things like body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and other mental health issues. So let's break this down a little bit, because that statement is pretty scary. And it begs the question, how did we get here? Everybody wants to be healthy and happy. And why is there so much confusion over how to do it? So this all goes back to the very, very beginning of what is this all about? Why is there so much in our culture about the diet? And I can answer that question with one word, money. If you think about it, the whole reason there's a market for diet products is stemmed from the fact our daily interactions with media, whether that's social media, whether it's magazines, whether it's TV, streaming, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, it tells us that we need this diet culture because we are flawed our bodies are flawed. There's a flaw, whether it's extra pounds, flabby belly, wrinkles, cellulite, gray hair, you name it. There's something that needs to be fixed because you are currently not enough. You are currently broken 
And there is a solution for you to be fixed. And all you have to do is buy this product or buy this program or buy into the fact that you are not enough. But once you make a purchase, you have the potential to be. So you get started on this system with your calorie counting and number systems and shakes and pills and replacement meal bars, whatever that means. And it doesn't quite fix your problem. So you need a little bit more. You need more product. You need more help. You need more advice. You need more because there's still something wrong with you. And the selling cycle of guilt, shame, and despair keeps on rolling while these distasteful companies sit back and think of more ways to make you feel bad about yourself. The worse you feel, the richer they get. So take that in for a minute. Do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know, but so I decided to break down your yeah, buts. Okay. And I've got a couple here that I'm going to dive into because we have been indoctrinated so deeply that we actually start believing the things that we keep being told even if they don't really make sense, even if they don't really feel in alignment, we believe them. For example, one really deep-rooted seed that I have in my psyche is that eating less helps you lose weight, right? Like that's what we've been told. That's what we've been trained. That's what we have been told will give us success, okay? But becoming a nutritionist and looking at the biology of our body, the physiology, how, how things work, it's not actually true. It's literally a lie. Okay. So these are my yeah buts. Okay. Number one, I really did lose weight when I was on diet XYZ. And if I could just get a little bit more disciplined on my calorie counting and my tracking and staying away from sweets, I would be able to do it. Okay. First of all, I applaud your stamina and understand the the need and the want to feel healthier and to lose weight. But is the desire truly to be healthier or is it to lose weight? They are not necessarily the same thing. Getting healthy is not, number one, limiting your calorie intake. Getting healthy is not excessive or borderline abusive exercising practices, which would be like running three to five miles every day or doing over 45 minutes of cardio every day. Getting healthy is not cutting out food groups or whole foods. Now, there's a little caveat to this because if you are directed by a professional that has a degree regarding certain digestive diagnoses or other clinical reasons, there should be no reason that you're cutting out certain food groups. Getting healthy is not feeling like you're doing it right solely based on what the scale is saying. Now, we've all been there (laughs) When we stepped on the scale, hoping for the best and not seeing 
the fruits of our labor in that number. And that feeling of failure, defeat falls on our shoulders because we've been told that if it doesn't work, it's our fault. We didn't do it right. We didn't work hard enough. And we just need to dig our heels in deeper. So those are all the things that getting healthy is not. So let's talk for a minute about what getting healthy does feel like, okay? So if you can identify with any of these feelings, this is what we're talking about today. Getting healthy is feeling more clear-headed, being more energetic, and feeling motivated to get up and get going because you feel good in your body. You feel balanced. You don't feel like you're being drug around. You're not, you don't feel like you're being dictated by your schedule. You're enjoying how you feel in your body. Getting healthy is being able to give yourself permission without guilt to take the day off from exercise if you feel you need it. Many women during their menstrual cycle are feeling a little bit more introspective and a little bit more restorative for their bodies. And so this might mean skipping a big cardio workout because your body's using energy for other things. Your body's always using energy for other things, but particularly when you're menstruating, the body tends to conserve energy. So this might feel like you want to do a restorative yoga class or an extended meditation or have an extra hour in bed. This would be in alignment with what your body is doing. That's not the same for everybody, but being able to give yourself permission without feeling guilty is part of what feeling healthy is. Getting healthy feels like you can go to any restaurant, outing, road trip, airport, wedding, or conference without worrying about what is on the menu because you know that you can make choices about your nourishment no matter what the situation is. That food freedom is part of that feeling of getting healthy. It's understanding your body and being able to adapt to the situation without fear, without anxiety, without feeling like you're trapped. Getting healthy is feeling the ease of food choice and recognition of foods that nourish your body, being more confident around food. So gone are the days of you feeling like, I don't know what to eat. I know this is bad and I know this is good, but I just don't know what I should be doing. And when you're actually truly getting healthy, you don't have those feelings anymore because you have a close understanding. Getting healthy is also having easy daily bowel movements that feel good in your body. You are excreting waste and you are getting toxins out of your body and freeing up space and energy so that your body can take on new nourishment each day. Okay, so back to the yeah buts. Yeah, but number two, I need to get more disciplined because if I was more disciplined, then I would be able to do it. I would be able to lose weight and get healthy. Again, those two are not necessarily the same thing. And my response is getting healthy and losing weight is not actually about discipline. It's not about white knuckling it until your cravings pass. I have so many clients come to me saying they know what to do. They just are having trouble doing it. 
And I always kind of smile when I hear this because sometimes we think we know what to do because something has worked in the past. If we had a diet that deprived us of a certain food group, or let's say cut out sugars or cut out carbs, and it was fine and dandy until we got around carbs or we were in a situation where we felt like we really wanted them. And we had to kind of stand in that want and and have this inward struggle of, I want it, but I know I can't have it. And I know it's bad. And therefore I am bad if I do this. And choosing to be bad or good brings on the guilt and the shame of being bad. And so you can see how this can spiral out of control. And for anybody that has ever been on a deprivation diet, you know what that inward struggle feels like. Losing weight isn't actually about discipline. It's about getting to the root cause of your cravings. Cravings are just signals from your brain that there's an imbalance that wants and needs to be corrected in order for the craving to go away. So I view this as a check engine light. It's your body's way of telling you there's something that needs attention and I'm giving you a signal to remind you to do it. And some of the reasons that your body could be giving you cravings are if you have a hormone imbalance, this means you have more or less hormones available or made than what is needed. And when the brain senses there is too much or too little, it creates a signal to let you know how to correct it. So it's a matter of interpreting those signals rather than numbing them out. So for example, we've all had headaches, right? And our go-to is usually a pain reliever. And I do it too. I'm not vilifying the pain reliever because at some points we just need it. But it doesn't stop there for me. I go into a lot more deeper thought of what could be triggering this imbalance in my brain, causing this headache. And when we get to the root cause, whether it's a hormone imbalance, maybe it's constipation, your body's inability to get toxins out through stool. Maybe I'm dehydrated. It's a really hot day and I've been sweating a lot. That causes headaches. So I go through my mental Rolodex of reasons why I could be feeling this way. We also get cravings when we're very stressed. Your body chews up a lot of nutrients very quickly, for example, vitamin C. And when we get depleted because we're spending our nutrients on stress and stress hormones, the body needs more energy. And your brain knows that quick energy can come from sugar and carbs. And so bam, all of a sudden we're thinking about carbs and sugar and coffee and things that are going to give us quick fixes of energy. Now this gets a little bit tricky because processed foods and manufactured foods are created for an extreme palatable, flavorful experience that overwhelms your taste buds and creates a short-lived stimulation really with no nutritional value. This leaves you underfed and undernourished. So in the long run, you want more and more and more. That's kind of how it works (laughs) with processed foods. Another reason you get cravings is simply from under eating. 
in the first episode of this podcast, we talked about most women are under eating. And simply by under eating, your body doesn't have enough to go around. So it creates signals to let you know that it needs more. There's a place for self-discipline. Of course there is. Life would be chaos if we didn't have some sort of self-discipline. It takes discipline to get up and to do the things that maybe aren't your favorite things to do. We all have responsibilities. We all have lives. But are we doing it for the right reasons? If we change our perspective on wanting to feel better, wanting to feel healthy versus I want to drop a few pounds, the perspective is different. The media has twisted the two of these together to make you think that a specific diet or plan will give you both. And the products and diets together usually miss the mark on actually changing the habits in your lifestyle. Simply changing the food that you eat is not enough to create a healthy lifestyle if we're overlooking other things in our life that need attention. If we're overlooking the amount of exercise, the amount of sleep, the amount of stressors, the amount of toxins that influence our blood sugar, our inflammation, and our metabolism, simply correcting calories is not going to do it. And I think anybody that's tried to diet and has stopped that diet knows this. Okay. My third yeah, but is, yeah, Eleanor, I know, but low carb and keto really work for me. I have numerous clients that have told me I lost 70 pounds on keto last year and it really, really worked for me. And I say, okay, well, let's talk about it. What, what worked for you? Well, you know, eating the fat and not eating carbs. And I said, okay, well then why are you currently not doing it? Well, it was too hard or I fell off the wagon, or I really like carbs, (laughs) any number of reasons. It's not a sustainable lifestyle. When you're on those diets, your body is always in a state that is not balanced. You are always out of balance. Your body craves homeostasis. Your body wants to feel in balance. And when we're picking and choosing the nutrients that it gets, it doesn't feel complete. That thought process of forcing our body to do things that it naturally doesn't feel well doing is not getting us closer to the state of being healthy. It's actually pushing us away from it because it's making us think that there's something wrong with us because it's not working. Since when have we trusted what the media said over what our body said? Pretty much all the time. The harm of diet culture is the fact that it's insidious because it can come under the label of optimal nutrition or disease prevention. It promotes the idea that your body is wrong if you don't see the results you are seeking. This creates a sense of worthlessness, low self-esteem, and creates self-confidence issues around food. These rules and guidelines can quickly become an obsessive behavior that removes the element of nourishment and replaces it with anxiety. Here are some practices that you might catch yourself doing that will illustrate how deep this indoctrination goes and how you can recognize it every day in your life. Number one, if you 
tend to label foods as good or bad. Number two, saving some foods for cheat days, meaning you have a reward punishment system with food. You save your calories, you appropriate calories for certain events. I just want to tell you that if you have done, and I've done this in the past, this isn't about being right or wrong. This is about understanding that food is not a reward. You're not cheating by eating something and enjoying something. Nourishment is not about cheating or tricking your body. It's about giving your body something that you enjoy that is going to produce healthy outcomes. Number three, calorie counting without considering the quality of calories. By the way, anybody, any woman, adult woman eating 1,200 calories or less should know that that is the amount of calories that a toddler needs. So if that's you, you might want to look at how many calories you are actually eating. Number four, feeling guilt or shame when eating or after. Number five, feeling the need to burn off calories after eating. For example, I have to run an extra mile tomorrow to work off this cupcake or this glass of wine. Number six, using the scale as the only means of measuring health or self-worth. Have you ever stepped onto the scale full of hope because you've done all the right things only to be crushed by the number that you see? Yes, that's diet culture and that is called mind fuckery. Sorry, folks. Number seven, consuming content and materials that are fat shaming or body shaming. This includes magazines about dieting, uh, social media about calorie counting, promotion of products that promise to deliver results. These are all things that you can look at in a different perspective of being influenced by diet culture. So here are some things that you can do if you think that these diet culture practices have shaped the way that you think about food and you're looking more towards nourishment and self-love rather than punishment. The first one is talking about calorie restriction. Yes, in order to have a starting place with our nutrition, we need to evaluate the actual amount of calories you are consuming. That is true. As a clinical professional nutritionist, that is true. But these are just numbers, okay? These numbers that you stick into an algorithm or an app and you say, I want to lose two pounds a week. What do I need to eat? Right? Those formulas do not take into account health history, medication history, diagnoses, digestion issues, constipation, hydration, or any other physical manifestation of your health. Learning to eat for nourishment to support your blood sugar, blood pressure, and metabolism might require you go back to square one with how to choose foods and appropriate amounts for your current body. And I say current body because you do not have the same body that you did five years ago or 20 years ago. Things have changed. Hormones have changed. Your body has changed. Your gut microbiome has changed. So going back to things that you knew worked before isn't necessarily the right answer either. Finding what works right now is what is important. And getting professional advice about it 
is clearly the best way to find out about you. This is a big piece of the first conversation that I have with clients wanting to focus on weight loss. Jumping into adjusting calories without looking at other factors influencing your hunger, appetite, hormones, and stress will never get to the root cause. I created the Nourished Weight Loss Program because it spells out the basics of getting started, reestablishing a healthy relationship with food. Learning more about your body and the fundamentals of nutrition is truly the best way to get started on healing, not just meal plans and calorie counting apps. Number two, eat the whole foods you love and eat until you are full. It can be done, but overeating nutrient-dense food is not very common. Think about it this way. If you're eating two or three cookies, you can probably do this without much issue and still want more. The flavors linger, the serotonin is released in your brain, making you feel all happy and ooey and gooey. And you will recall this memory when you're in need of quick energy. Your brain is miraculous in remembering. Now think about eating a banana. You can probably eat one, no problem. You feel satisfied, you feel satiated, but can you eat two or three bananas in a row? Probably not. You'd probably feel that you've had enough and you're not really interested anymore. You don't really want any more banana. You don't really want anything else. This is because your body can identify foods that have nutritional density. And it lets you know through a hormone that's called leptin. It releases leptin and it lets you know that you do not need any more at this time. This hormone is not released when you're eating cookies or processed food because there's very little nutritional value. So that hormone is not released in the body. And when that hormone's not there, you can continue eating until the body feels that it's had enough nutrition. All of this to say eating whole foods and not limiting yourself with whole foods is the best way to figure out the quantity and how much your body needs. Most women are under eating. I'd venture to say that over 80% of women do not get enough nutrients every day. And in my practice, that's almost 100%. Calorie type is important. You need all of the macronutrients. As a reminder, the macronutrients are carbs, protein, and fats. Counting calorie companies, apps, and programs are getting a bit better at identifying different macronutrients needed for appropriate balance, but there's still some confusion about what people should be eating. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to break down the way carbs work and why they get a bad rap and how to proceed enjoying carbs in your life in a healthy way. Eat all of the macronutrients. Number three, practice more self-love and compassion. Negative self-talk and toxic social media will keep you stuck. Think about what you consume. What do you watch? What do you listen to? Conversations that you have, even the ones you have with yourself, and how words and images impact your psyche. Your mental health needs to be nurtured, just like your body does. Finding the right people to talk to for support is one of the reasons I became a clinical nutritionist. Helping people identify the areas of their life that keep them perpetually down will prevent growth. 
This is what keeps you stuck. So there you have it. If you haven't guessed, I am not a big fan of diet culture. I feel that all of my experiences with different companies, whether it was selling products, touting products, or telling people how this would be the thing that changes your life, these companies tout medical claims and promises of weight loss. I feel that in all of my experiences with the different companies selling products, touting medical claims and promises of weight loss has given me the confidence to uncover the truth about what the body really needs to find homeostasis. Be wary of salespeople that claim to be experts in dietetics or nutrition or even health coaching that don't actually have training or degrees from real universities to back up their claims. Anybody can be a Google doctor. Check your sources, verify your information, and find practitioners that have verifiable qualifications and experience, but most importantly, that you trust them. To hear more about me, my practice, and my programs, you can follow me on Instagram at Nourishing Nutrition LLC. You can join my Facebook group, Happy Hormones and Tamed Inflammation, or visit my website at nourishingnutrition.net. Check out my free resources by subscribing to my newsletter and following this podcast. See you next week for a brand new episode.